Well, th- hey, thanks for that, uh, that slam dunk that you threw down on me there a, a month or so ago. I mean, does anybody, like, look at a sunset, like, on a beautiful day? What is that cat doing? Uh, Jim is doing that swooshy thing again. I already gave him a little bit of shit. Am I allowed to say shit? I gave him yeah. a little bit of shit. It's- And welcome to episode 38 of the Romantic About Baseball podcast. My name is Adam McKinnon, your host, joined as often by my co-host, Jim Passon Jr. Jim. Yeah, man. How you doing tonight? Good. 38 episodes of this, huh? Yeah, 38. We're, uh, we're near it. We're, we're cruising towards mid, mid-podcast crisis. That's and, crazy. And uh, joining us this week is uh, Dan Simborski, a friend of the show and a senior writer at Fangraphs. Dan, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Yourselves? Doing well, and I'm I'm just glad. You know, I feel like we're the first people to talk to you today since your since your physical uh, incident today, and I, and I think the public will be glad to hear that you're doing well. Yeah, I, I kind of fell down my stairs. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I, I seem to be okay. Uh, I do have some padding built into me. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't pick up speed like the boulder in in uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark as <laughs> a start. Uh, and I don't think anything is broken, which is pretty good. Uh, I, you see, I, I drink my milk. I did spill milk. See, uh, you're 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 like Sally Field. You're you're a great advertisement for uh, or or who was it? No, it wasn't Sally Field. That was the opposite. Uh, who was a good? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a great advertisement for milk because if you look at the milk <laughs> commercial from the '80s, they show a little kid drinking milk. And like he's describing like to a, uh, a pretty girl near him, like how milk was going to give him strong bones and hair, and <laughs> and it shows him growing up into this really buff lifeguard or something like with like big pecs and everything. Uh, that that was a good advertisement for milk because I still remember the commercial. Uh, That's true. But if they showed the kid growing up into me, kind of a doughy middle aged sports writer, <laughs> I don't think it would be as great an advertisement for milk. And like, like you can be an overweight sports writer too. <laughs> Kids would just be pouring soda in their cereal. If they're like, oh, that's what you turn into. No, I'll take soda. Yeah, yeah really. I, milk's kind of high on milk's pretty high in calories. It, it's it's true. It's the it's true. the underbelly, the the seedy underbelly of of milk that Mark McGuire didn't tell you about growing up. Um. <laughs> So Dan, uh, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to kind of lead off a little bit. First, make sure you're okay. Make sure the public knows that. But then also, um, I kind of wanted to ask you about about Zips this year. Um, so I wanted to lead off with a Zips question. Um, on the spectrum of not that stressful to existence is futile, how tough was it this year for the Zips project- projections to come together? Oh, it's extremely tough. I mean, it's bad enough projecting 162 games. When you're projecting things that are in 60 games, I mean, you're going to be wrong a lot more than you normally are simply from a rate-based level. And so it's it's a nightmare in that sense. Uh, but the, the saving grace is that the other guys who do projections are kind of in the same boat. <laughs> uh, uh, so I don't think, you know, if Steamer or Percota have figured out the magic key, uh, to to projecting small sample sizes and and you know the joke is always uh, you know the, the two campers running from a bear and the the second camper tells the first one you think you cannot run a bear and and you say oh oh no I I think I cannot run you <laughs> it's like a, a a race to like the a race to the miserable finish line 
<laughs> yeah, at this point, I mean, given given everything that's going on, I'm just happy they finish the season. I don't really care too much how terrible the projections end up uh, in in a season with 16 teams making the playoffs, which hopefully won't become a thing. Yeah, uh, it, 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 everything is just crazy, and I guess it's it's just a very odd season, and uh, it's, it's going to be hard to get too upset or really draw any universal lessons from baseball things that happen this season. So to an extent, it's just, you know, sit back, enjoy the season and hope everybody stays alive. Uh, right. that, that's kind of the, where I am right now. I, I, I tend to agree with you there. And, and I think that's absolutely, that has to be, you know, front of mind, but, uh, what, what's immediately right behind front of mind when I looked at it was, uh, the, the tigers right now, uh, or at least the last zips production, uh, are better suited to the playoffs than the Mariners, giants, Orioles, and Marlins. Uh, I, that was the most fascinating thing I saw on that. Oh yeah, one one of the things about the about the Tigers, I was about to call them the Lions. I'm like, oh, I guess maybe I did <laughs> yeah. hit my head a little hard today. Um, <laughs> is that they do have some upside? I mean, the offense is still going to be awful, but you know they they do their their pitching staff is not bad, especially the rotation. There mm-hmm. is upside there, and they play in in the weaker division because we you know we have this 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 kind of strange wild card race and w- which wild card teams and. In different divisions, don't actually face each other during the season. Uh, so they, they play against all central teams. They don't have to play against either of the best in the East or the West, and that does help uh, teams at the bottom, like the like the Tigers and the and the Royals and even the Pirates. Although it's probably already too late for the Pirates since they're two and nine as we record this. God, it's terrible. Uh, so it, it's the, ti- the Tigers are an interesting team. I mean, they're not a good one. But I don't think that they're an awful, awful team. The Orioles are an awful team, but you know, even they're five and four right now. <laughs> it's true. I, I think I was I was prophesizing last week that it will take, you know, it will take an Orioles World Series to save baseball. It will take it will take something like that out of the ordinary. But you may have you I may, after looking at the the zips, I'm like, you know what? I'll take a I'll take a Tigers. I'll take a bad team winning the world, like going to the world, making a run into the playoffs to kind of like just you know be a feel good. Make us, make us, make us jolly about something, right? Yeah, I mean, and the Orioles are a very bad team. They're awful. Uh, I mean, you look at their sixty-man roster, their their player pool, and you're not really sure all those players are actually real. They're like, <laughs> who who is that? They're like auto-generated uh, from MLB The Show or OOTV yeah, or something. Yeah, and and those are those are great names. I have uh, my own little player generator that I use <laughs> just for fun to generate names. Uh, I remember uh, my, my favorite thing ever in a game was in the original front office football for the PC. Uh, when I was going through the, uh, the, the, the draft at one year in the game, uh, it generated a quarterback named Chili Mac Beethoven. <laughs> so naturally, I had to draft Chili Mac Beethoven. That's, a, that's a, a no-brainer right there. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, I got to have that guy on my team. That's uh, an 80-grade no name. That sounds that fake, but... <laughs> that's an 80-grade yeah. name tool. Yeah, what I'm, I'm what I'm waiting for is an MLB the show for another Zimborski to be generated because they added Zimborski to the official last name list in the game. Did they? Uh, so, yeah, they did. So poor Matt Westergen has to <laughs> say my name at some point uh, and record it, and it's in there, and he got it right too, which which happy. I, I which was. I've I've kind of been asked them a few times, and I guess they got around to doing it because I always hate having to be uh, uh, either Dan Zimmerman or Dan <laughs> Zubinsky. <laughs> Zubinsky. Zubinsky. Because remember, Jason Zubinsky played. And, oh, okay. And, yeah. 
Yeah, it makes me hate. I have like a second cousin named Tom Zaborski who was in the Padre system, but he didn't make the majors. And so, you know, <laughs> if he had been better, then Come on, I would have had this problem. Come on, Tom. Get get your life together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what? So yeah. uh, that, that pleased me this year. <laughs> I would say uh, Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. No, you'll be you'll be Jim Passon, but but with an A. Yeah, if they got Zimborski in there, they got to get Jeff Passon in there. And That's then true. Right off of that, right? There you go. Uh, and no, nobody's taking my name. I think there's a, there's a, unless they start taking like international journalists. I think there's an international journalist with my last name, but yeah, he's not he's not making MLB the show. Now, now my colleague uh, Paul Sporer, they have his name in too, but they also have his likeness in the game. Oh, really? It can, it can generate a player that looks like looks like uh, Paul. I have a funny Twitter story about Paul. Um, I was brand new to Twitter. I had like like we're talking like fifteen followers at the time, and he tweeted something, and I did not know who he was, and so I like retweeted it, making a reference to him looking like McLovin. And uh, not realizing that my own profile picture had a McLovin reference. <laughs> and since then, uh, I've always just known him as that guy that like just dunked back on me <laughs> once. And I was like, that's, that's really cool. I got dunked. I t- showed my wife. I was like, look, someone dunked on me on Twitter. And, the, and so I matter now. He was my entrance into the social media universe. Well, I mean, that's always helpful. I mean, you don't want to be one of the people who has uh, the entrance where they say something horrible and it becomes viral. <laughs> And they call like the employer and say, you, you're employing this guy when he uses this word. Uh, so that's, it, th- there can be worse ways to, to right. enter. My uh, initiation, my initiation was fairly tame by most measures. Um, so like, I kind of wanted to ask you too, you know, I, 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 the tigers of course, you know, caught my eye and all that. Was there a team when you were doing all of this, like, is there a sort of outlier team that you think actually could really make you know, with this expanded playoff, like what team is going to make this weird? What team is going to make the postseason weird? Uh, well, I, I I thought going in that 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 uh, a team like the Angels or Rangers could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rangers, especially because they had a pretty good rotation, and if the offense just had some upside, they could get in and go a long way. It doesn't look like it's happening now. Hundred, and you know, the season's already you know fifteen percent over for most teams. Right. Uh, just some teams it isn't for. I, I, it is going to be weird because, you know, we have teams that are 10 games in the game, the games played column ahead of some other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I what I compared it to the other day was that, it, that the standings right now, especially like in the NL East, look like some of those really weird uh, leagues in like the 1870s, and 1880s, like semi-pro <laughs> leagues where where teams folded in season constantly. Yeah. Uh, and and. The, the 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 tales of teams doing that are pretty funny. Uh, like the Wilmington Quick Steps, uh, they they folded because the attendance during the game was zero, <laughs> and the owner couldn't pay the uh, I think it was like a sixty dollar gate fee to, to to play the game. So they actually folded during pregame warmups, and some of the players joined the other team, <laughs> like immediately like they just left town with the team is this wilmington um, north carolina or wilmington delaware oh god i don't actually know <laughs> because i having lived in wilmington delaware for a long time that is extremely feasible to me yeah it, i think it's delaware yeah because i mean most of these most of these little clubs were in the northeast you have like troy buffalo yeah uh and and and, and one of the buffalo teams 
uh, they folded uh, when, when the when the like the team treasurer ran off with all the money, <laughs> and they just didn't they didn't you know play the game, and the players in town had to do a charity drive to get money so they could go home. <laughs> that's the most. That's the like the great baseball caper. Like there there should be a movie made after that. Yeah, it's it's like you know it's like imagining uh, the Wilpons or something if they were really <laughs> poor because you can see that you can see Jeff Wilpon doing this. Oh, you just definitely like, could. Yeah, like 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 the teams in a trailer and they wake up in Canada and it's like he's Jeff sold you to the Canadian Canadian government. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that yeah it's it's kind of like a, if you adjust for inflation it's probably it's probably true um so you know it, so you're thinking okay so i'm thinking like i would just like to know i'm just trying to run through my head like all the plot lines like you said that that could make this season worthwhile that could make this season as weird as it's all feeling we're gonna get to all that but you know, is there a is there a situation where you could see a team or a player like is there one sort of outlier thing that you think could kind of bring a lot of people like the warm and fuzzies this year? Well, I, I do think it's it's an underdog going deep in the playoffs. You're going to have someone like this. And I'm also hopeful that an underdog going far in the playoffs uh, would also hopefully end any talk of keeping this playoff system. Yeah, because, you know, if the Orioles make the playoffs. And say go to the World Series. I mean, <laughs> at that point, how do you say let's have a 16 game playoff again next year? Because right. uh, I know the idea is to get fans involved in playoff hunts, but but we we think the playoffs are important because we kind of believe the storyline that they're important. There, there's kind of a suspension of disbelief. Uh, the best team doesn't always win the playoffs, uh, but we do believe that the teams that win the world series are at least good teams. Right. Uh, if that belief is gone, then I don't know why you would watch baseball's playoffs because the thing people will say the NBA has eight seeds too. And it works just fine. It's like, yeah, the NBA does. But the thing about the NBA is those seven and eight seeds are mostly dead in the water because the difference between NBA teams is much larger than between MLB teams. Correct. Uh, you, you take an eight seed MLB team, they're going to, you know, beat that number one seed in the first round, probably 35% uh, percent of the time or so. Uh, and that's that's a huge number. And I mean, a three game first round in baseball. So the Dodgers could, you know, go 105 and 57 next year and drop two of three to the Giants that went 77 to 85. And that's it. Baseball is too close uh, a, a sport for that to be anything you know worthwhile right so it's like it's hopefully killing two birds with one stone it's hopefully uh getting rid of the this uh this uh silly playoff system but also like giving us something to kind of feel good about at the same time yeah i i, I like those, those those two step things it's like <laughs> if i became president uh it, it, it might be like a feel-good story about the underdog winning but after having me as the president, I don't think they, I think they would change some rules. I think it would probably end democracy eh, uh, in the United States. We may be doing uh, that anyway. But um, <laughs> so no, I'd, I'd be a really bad president. I don't like <laughs> to do like work that I'm not interested in. Right. Uh, so I, I would I would probably be like just going on vacation nonstop. <laughs> you literally wouldn't see me like ever <laughs> be the faceless yeah, president. Put it. 
get an elevator put in his house. He doesn't have to take the stairs anymore. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they expect, you know, presidents to be giving speeches and stuff. You don't really see the president, like, spending a day leveling up in World of Warcraft or anything. But <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not – I it, it's a terrible job, yeah. <laughs> Do you um, – so, like, you know, what – you, that would be like the positive thing, right? I, I'm kind of wondering, you know, as I was as I was on my way home today, I was listening to the Braves pregame show, uh, and you know, as I was on there, they were talking like, okay, Max Scherzer just left the game after one inning. Um, Mike Soroka had the freak injury. Verlander's down for the season. Uh, we're seeing the myriad of coronavirus tests. Um, you know, it, it, I should, probably should have asked this beforehand, but I'm kind of wondering. Do you think that we have gone past this point of we probably shouldn't have done this? Uh, I, I I tend to be uh, some people are all in the uh, camp that we shouldn't have done it at all. Uh, my feeling has always been that uh, as long as players were being kept as safe or more safe than they would be otherwise, then it makes sense to have a season. Uh, I think people have this idea sometimes that, that, that the baseline for uh, people getting sick is zero, but it isn't really because, I mean, these are guys, these are rich males, mostly, mostly rich. I mean, a lot aren't if they're, you know, rookies. Right. Uh, between, you know, ages 20 and 40, they're professional athletes, and that's not always a demographic for making the best decisions. I, I don't think I made my best decisions between 20 and 40 if you look back in my life. Right. Uh, in, in their 30 years. I still don't make very good decisions at times. <laughs> uh, I mean, I own three socket wrench sets because twice when I needed my socket wrench sets, set, I had no idea where I put it. I mean, that's the kind of, <laughs> kind of mess that, that I, I get involved it's in. It's like and moving out we, of the apartment to avoid cleaning it. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing. I always think about, you know, if I see a spider, I think about like, moving and saying, yeah, I'm, we just let someone else find the spider. Uh, <laughs> Do, do you? Uh, yeah, I'll just sell the house. Uh, but uh, um, the, that that that's the thing because a lot of these guys are going to be doing dumb things in society and and getting COVID anyway. And I'm not sure necessarily that in a controlled environment with daily testing that they're not actually better off than if there was no season. Well, you know, it, it, and that's what I kind of got to. Like uh, you actually made a really interesting point on Twitter that you know, and I tend to agree with it. A lot of, you know, the, you look at the Marlins, you know, Jim, we talked about this last week, last week, you know, the Marlins are full of, of guys that on, on a lot of other organizations would be in AAA. You know, they, these are, these are guys who, who have to play, they need to play, you know, and um, you made the point of, you know, putting more accountability in the hands of uh, management like Mattingly and, uh and uh, on Jeter. So, um, you know, can you expand? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I kind of got Marlon's Twitter angry at me the other week, last week, I guess it was. So you lost it, like I, four followers? I, I, I was surprised that Marlon's Twitter was a thing. It's like, <laughs> why, why don't you guys at the games? I mean, there's more <laughs> of you angry with me than they are in, in the crowds most of the time. Uh, I, I, I think that people have this idea that. In a season like this, that that it's it's still the manager's job only to prepare for the game. But in this environment, like in a wider society, everybody's job this year is not spreading uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, whatever your job is, there's kind of a little hyphen next to it that says like you know, virus ameliorator or, or whatever, or virus preventer. Uh, so I'm a baseball writer. 
Ameliorator slash Virus Ameliorator. Uh, there's probably a better word for this that I'm not thinking of, but it's everybody's job to to be as careful as they can, be smart, and to keep from spreading the virus. And the, and the Marlins did not do that. The idea that they left a question of whether they were going to play in the middle of a pandemic to, you know, a series of texts coming starting from Miguel Rojas's phone is a pretty ludicrous thing. If there was even a question that that whether they should be playing or not, then they shouldn't have been playing at all. And it was the team's responsibility to to make that decision. Uh Baseball has to make decisions, but baseball can only really punish in hindsight. They can't – there's no – Rob Manfred, as terrible as he is as a commissioner, he's not at individual games, you know, forcing people to put masks on. He can't do that. At the, to keep the season actually being a thing, managers, players, and coaches have to enforce these, these rules and be as careful and as smart as they can at, you know, an individual level. And that's what's necessary. And I'm hoping that the lesson of the Marlins – has spread to some teams. I know a lot of players were pretty pissed about about the uh, the Marlins. I know Andrew McCutcheon was, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of attitude you need to to get through the season. Because I, you know, I want us to get through the season, hopefully with you know a hundred percent survival rate. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely key. Yeah, Jim, we were just talking about this, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dan, do you feel like uh, like since it happened to the Marlins? They're not the only ones, though, right? I mean, no. you think the, the 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 demographic of of the players, right? And so you would think that's nah, not just the Cardinals and the Marlins. I'm sure somebody from the Angels or or somewhere along the line, they're not doing the same thing. They just didn't contract it, right? And and came back and like dodged a bullet. Almost became the Marlins, right? So um, you you feel like that's pretty much what's going on out there, and that maybe now that the Marlins have happened, that everybody's like, oh crap, right? Just stop. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a of a study uh, that was done some years ago uh, that said that that more than seventy percent of American adults have committed a crime that could lead to imprisonment because there's a lot of laws out there. So there's a, there was a lot of let's say law breaking in baseball in, in all likelihood, uh, and a team you know getting caught kind of sheds light on that. I tend to think uh, that stealing signs. Uh, by electronic means, was more widespread in baseball than just the Astros and the Red Sox. Even if it wasn't as egregious as the Astros, I suspect that it was wider than than uh, commonly reported. And, of course, no one's volunteering that now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, it's just important to to stop that behavior going forward as much as you can. Right. And I think, it's, I think there's that push now, right? I think it was Justin Turner, I think, that put out a... Uh, a nice lengthy note saying the things that the Dodgers are doing to make sure that they're they're ready to go forward because they don't want to be the ones that are responsible, right? There's a, I mean, there's you know screwing up something so that the commissioner feels like he's having a bad day, whatever, right? Players are going to do that. That's fine, right? But if another player screws over another player or this whole dang league, right? That's a that's a lot, right? So yeah. I'm hoping that pressure's enough. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to send the season go tumbling down, and I think it. I think if a team is particularly egregious in their uh, behavior and they cause a lot of problems, I don't think necessarily you have to ha- still have them in the league for the rest of the season. I'm not sure exactly the legal mechanism for right. that, you know, the agreements between teams. Uh, but I think 
you know, they, they want to finish the season. And these are the things they have to do to finish the season. Uh, I was even joking that the way 2020 is going, uh, after the Dodgers made that kind of that statement, that that given how the year is going, we're going to find out that like the Dodgers all went to Disney World and, <laughs> and with, with their 50 and brought like 50 friends with them and, and you know, had a pool party and right. everybody has COVID. <laughs> they had a COVID party. <laughs> yeah. They was them in the Ozarks. They're all out yeah. on belt. They're all out on uh, like David Price's yacht or something like that. David Price has just been playing this as a trick the whole time. He opted <laughs> out so he could set up the party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I joked that Chris Sale is like sitting at home enjoying all this and 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 laughing that his 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 fake Tommy John surgery plan worked out. <laughs> so he's getting paid for the whole year. He has an extra UCL in his elbow now. Uh, maybe next year he'll get the third or fourth, uh, third one. Uh, like, like just the, the weird baseball caper. Uh, it's just a, he it's, comes back and he's like grown up like Henry Rowan Gardner. He's like a 125 mile an hour fastball. Yeah, like like oh, they just when you have two UCLs, they just kind of braid them together like like hair. Uh, like a, <laughs> I, if you get three, you get a French braid. Yeah, yeah, I mean this is I guess I guess it's a good year to to be to be on on, on rehab like that. I'm. I'm not really sure. That, do they get paid for a whole season if I, I, there's no season? I, I don't know how yeah, that works with yeah. injured players. I don't know. It's, it's a good point. I don't, I don't think I know that. I, you have to yeah, be a it, lawyer to understand all this, all this stuff. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if it's still prorated. Yeah, it, it probably is. But this is, this is one of those years where you're finding out that, that you don't know some very edge cases about how things work because you never <laughs> envision them coming up. Uh, I actually had a lot of adventures this year uh, with Sims projections, especially doing team standings and stuff, because I realized I had a lot more things hard-coded in for 162 games than I had realized. Oh, I'm man. like, wait, nothing works anymore. I have to figure <laughs> out like where every reference to 162 is. And, and, so I got to ask, how, ma- how many times have you been asked if we're going to get a 400 hitter this year? Uh, I, I, I've been asked a lot. I did do an article on it, uh, but it, it is kind of fun. If this, if the Marlins had, you know, messed things up so bad that, that we had to cancel the season, we would have had, you know, a, a 500 hitter. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shane Bieber would hold most of the, the in-season rate records. It's oh, like, man. congratulations, Shane Bieber, with your all-time leading FIP of, like, negative 0.31 at, <laughs> at the time. Do you, do you think, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that kind of leads me to, um, kind of answer that, but also circle back to an earlier question, you know, on a, on a slightly less, uh, less happy note with a lot of the injury news, you know, um, like we, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, Scherzer and Soroka and Verlander and, and all the other injuries that we see starting to pile up, um, are we starting to see the kind of like, you know, the thing that we were all warned about with pitchers, you know, specifically ramping up very quickly after a layoff? Like this is something we all talked about, but are, are we're, I guess we're kind of seeing that come to fruition, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not positive. It's all that. I really I'm really not sure if you sit down what the rate is con- com- compared to normal. Uh, mm-hmm. And like Soroka is kind of a freak thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did expect more injuries and teams to be more careful as a result uh but i'm not really sure yet it's okay. it's it's hard to to draw conclusions because we can look at it because we expect the behavior to happen and when you expect something to happen you're more likely to see something happening it's just you know the basics of how you know our brains work 
Right. Uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of, of Tommy John surgeries normally. Like, remember that year that the Braves had, like, the entire rotation? Yes. Tommy John surgery before? Yes. And they had to, <laughs> had to bring Irvin Santana out of nowhere. Uh, God, who? So, uh, it, I don't even, I, don't, I remember that. I don't remember. It, I know it was, like, Medlin and Beachy and, like, all those. I think it was all those guys. And Vendors had, like, his first one. Or and, and then yeah, he had like I, two more. One of his one of his seven or so. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of a guy who has eight UCLs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had I haven't heard the name Brandon Beachy in a few years. I wonder I wonder what he's up to right now. I wonder I wonder what he's doing. I think my wife's like uh, my wife has a friend husband who went to college with him, but that's that's about as far as it goes. And he was really good for like a hundred or so innings, and then it was just nothing. Yeah, that's sad. That, that's kind of what being a picture is like. It's right. Being a picture is the sports equivalent of you know the vase on a end of a table with a cat on the table. <laughs> it's just, it, I mean, a picture. I mean, we can fix elbows to a, to an extent. We really can't fix shoulders all that well. Right. Uh, there's no magic shoulder surgery to you know replace rotator cuffs that have anybody's name on them, mm-hmm. uh, like Tommy John surgery, but. It, it, it's one of the things that stinks, uh, but I don't think we really have a solution for that. So I kind of wanted to ask you too, uh, stepping back a little bit, you know, on all of this, you know, we've mentioned, uh, you know, the, uh, Manfred in particular, not to, not to bring up a sore subject for baseball at, at large right now, but, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, uh, so I'd like you to, uh, I'd like you to rank, uh, the three things for me from, least mishandled to most mishandled Rob Manfred and the coronavirus Bud Selig and the 94 strike and Faye Vincent and steroids. Uh, I I think Rob Manfred is the worst uh, because generally speaking, I don't know that the play at the owner's plan was actually to avoid the strike necessarily. Mm -hmm. They might have seen the strike as uh, a possibility uh, based on the system, because they they imposed a system knowing that it was a possibility, and 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 so I think that it didn't work out as well as the owners hoped for sure. But I don't think they necessarily it was necessarily something that they were just trying to avoid at all costs. Right now, we're trying to avoid the the season the season you know get ruined by COVID at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Faye Vincent, it's a little unfair to blame him for steroids. Uh, a lot of it is Bowie Kuhn, essentially, because sure. players did have an agreement with with the uh, with the owners for drug testing in the early '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't specifically for steroids at that time. Sure, uh, it was mostly for you know drugs of abuse like cocaine, which was a bigger deal in baseball at that juncture. And they had that agreement, uh, and the players had the option after a year to to renew or or, or extend it. And immediately after they came to an agreement, I guess it was, I think it was the like 81 or 82, I don't remember the exact year, probably not 81 since they weren't really agreeing into anything in 81. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Kuhn said that uh, he announced instantly that anything that wasn't specifically covered by the agreement would be up to his sole discretion, which didn't really go over well with the players, and it kind of poisoned the well. They didn't. It, at that point, you know, everyone knew it wasn't going to be extended, uh, and there wasn't, you know, serious talk about an agreement for, you know, another 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it poisoned the well so much, and collusion, of course, helped that as well. So I don't really blame Vincent for that. Uh, right. I, I, I think that probably 
of the commissioners. He was probably the most independent of owners uh, going back to Landis in a way. Right. Okay. Because I, I was I was wondering that because I I see when I think of Bowie Coon, I think more like you know like you were saying like a free agency and and all and all of the birth of that and, all, and everything. Um, well, that's that's where that's where Peter Uberoff. Yeah, Uberoff. Uh, yeah, that's they, right. Okay. If you ever re- have you ever read Lords of the Realm? I haven't. I feel it's like a that's a sin. Book. I feel like that's a sin to say that being in a like a baseball book club and all that, but I have not. It's 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 a it's a fun book. It's a fun read. It's very detailed. Like John Helliard talked to a lot of people to get that book, and it it the the stuff on collusion is pretty interesting because it wasn't like a dark scheme that owners uh uh cooked up. Essentially, Peter Uberoff browbeat the owners uh into into economic caution and they went along with it and they liked not paying players as it turned out uh <laughs> it's just one of those shocking things in life that was that, that that's a revelation <laughs> um so okay well yeah i mean so i guess when i so you're so you're thinking in in overall order it would be like you know from le from least uh, to to most uh vincent selig manfred yeah, I, I I think that that that's about right. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I know. I, I I think Steelix All Star Game is man. It was pretty bad though, although uh, not as uh, it didn't have as profound an effect as the other things. You know, but I still I'm still mad about that All Star Game. It was like it was like a really good All Star Game. It was actually an enjoyable game that was a game because you know the All Star Game isn't really a great game. It's they're not really playing a serious game of baseball. But the All Star that All Star game was a lot of fun. So to have it end like that was pretty crappy. They uh, it makes me think of um, the um, John Pessa's book, The Game. Always made me think of how close we were instead of Bud Selig to Commissioner George W. Bush, and how like razor thin close we were to that. And uh, so I always I always wonder I always think when I think about that game in particular I, was, I always think like how would W. handle handle that. He might not have been the worst commissioner in the world. Uh, yeah, his trade wasn't fine, but he was he was a passionate baseball fan. And I'm not actually sure that Rob Manfred likes baseball. <laughs> I, I and agree. I know that sounds mean, but I don't get the impression because the thing about Bud Selig is that, yeah, he wanted the owners to be rich and to the players to be less rich at, to to make the owners richer. But Bud Selig always at least valued baseball as an ongoing thing. Baseball, he did enjoy baseball. Uh, I don't really think that Manfred necessarily does. Right. Jim, we, were, were we talking about that last week? No? Did we talk I, about that? I don't think we got to that point last week. No. There was too much to yell about before that. <laughs> so, I, I guess, I mean, for me, is, is Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame. Is that, is that a correct thing to do? I, I think at this point, ownership in the Hall of Fame is such a mess. I mean, I mean, Coons in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it it, it it it's it, it's it's just strange. So there's some day that Manfred can be in the Hall of Fame, even though we probably all agree that he hates baseball. That would be like that, that would be what that would be like the I don't know what I would hate more, Jack Morris or or Rob Manfred in the Hall of Fame. I mean, once Bowie Kuhn is in the Hall of Fame, and he is, and that 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 strikes me as just the. I mean, it 
if I mean, he wasn't even like a good commissioner. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's the equivalent of you know, like like finding out that Sterling Hitchcock is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to pick on Sterling, uh, but that's just the first. For some reason, that's the first below average picture that came to mind. <laughs> Such a great name. That's true. It sounds like it sounds like a detective novel. Yeah, it, that's that's a good one. I, I it, it, you can say that. There was this there was this weird uh, part of history where Sterling Hitchcock had like the, this really ridiculous playoff uh, reputation from a few good starts, and people were like, they're they're afraid to face Sterling Hitchcock. I was like no one's actually afraid to face Sterling Hitchcock. <laughs> no no one actually believes that that is a. <laughs> that he has a special postseason ability, but like, I guess these are these are rants. I guess that are for another time. Yeah, that's that's like saying Mark Lemke is a middle of the lineup presence for the for the mid for the mid nineties for the early nineties Braves. And then there were some there were some Braves fans that thought he was a like a like a an above average player or nearly yeah. a star. Hey, that, D- Dan, let me let me inform you. Mark Lemke is my favorite player, and I assure you, he is he he is not. <laughs> I, I do not yeah, speak for I, those people. Yeah, I've never I've never gotten to that people don't that people think that just because a player is their like their favorite that any like objective value is, is invalid. It's like that doesn't make that much sense. I mean, Joe Orslack was one of my favorite players, but Joe Orslack was not a great player. Uh, it, it's fine to to like guys that aren't the best players. I mean, I like myself, and I would be an absolutely horrible major league player. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I peaked in high school with like a 70 mile per hour fastball. I mean, my fastball was much slower than Jared Weaver's changeup. Uh, <laughs> D- Jim, we we were talking about like our fa- isn't yours uh, Stankowitz? Yeah, old Andy, Andy. St- Andy Stankowitz. Yeah, yeah. When you're a kid growing up in the 80s, and your and your dad's all like, "You're a Yankees fan, right?" And it's like, "Okay, I like to play shortstop." Well, look, there's your shortstop right there. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's all of a sudden my favorite player for like. A day or two, but yeah, yeah, it never left my mind. Yeah, yeah he was he was scrappy. That you know, yeah. they, <laughs> I thought he was a hall of famer. Everyone loved that word scrappy. Yeah, that was that was my daddy because Lemke wore glasses and I wear glasses, so so it was always like, yeah, he's a, he's a scrappy middle infielder, just like you, just like you. It's cool. See, he wears glasses. You can you can do this. I'm like, yeah, I could do yeah. this. I wonder yeah. I wonder how many uh, kids became fans of Ron Kittle. <laughs> because of his glasses, because it, it, look, look up a picture of Ron Kittle uh, in in uh, uh, Google Images if you're online. But Ron Kittle, he had glasses, and he didn't even have cool glasses. He had pretty awful glasses. Ron Kit, Ron Kittle. <laughs> Is it like the old aviators, like the ones Maddox would wear off the field? Yeah, he, they're like the old aviators, but they're not like sunglasses. They're just the the clear aviator ones. Oh they don't look cool. yeah, yeah. Those, that is those are wonderful. I'm staring at it now. I had those when I was like eight. Yeah, dude, I definitely had a pair of those, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I assure you, they look just as good on him as as they did on me. And and, and it's well, I great. See, I see somebody posted a video of Ron Kittle from 2018. He has changed glasses, so oh, I don't yeah, know he's... why. I don't know why that didn't break news somewhere along the line, but shoulda. <laughs> his Twitter handle is his Twitter handle Naked Biker. No, is that a different Ron Kittle? <laughs> yeah, That's a yeah, different Ron Kittle. Not, Sorry, buddy. You're buddy. You're not on Twitter right now. You need to, <laughs> no. You're on the wrong website. I think, yeah, I just, 
if that if that's Ron Kittle, then I I need to be checking out his Twitter. Like, <laughs> Ron, why do you choose that particular? Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a better choice, Rod. Come on. Well, um, let's see. Now, his his, tw- his 2020 baseball card should be a good one. Wait, I can't wait. No, they, seriously, dude. I think this is that guy. I think this is Ron. Yeah, this is Ron Kittle. His Twitter handle is Naked Biker. Oh God, it is him. I just yeah, that that is him. Okay, and, I gotta. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not following him. I'm going to. <laughs> his his what? his, yeah. his website is all right. So get this. I went to his website. Um, th- th- he his main picture, which is clearly a Wix site or something of that ilk, is him in front of Stonehenge with a Harriet Tubman quote right in the front. It is. I. I I'm just looking at at Kittle's site, and it's very interesting. He mostly tweets about food and cigars. He. he his quote is "Love, laugh, listen, and smile, and waffle up." Waffle wow. up. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this is yeah. There's this and, is. But he but he's going by Ronald Kittle, so that nobody remembers. It's it's weird to have a player, uh, suddenly change like their name. It's like it's yeah. like in yeah. twenty years we'll be ta- or thirty years we'll be talking about Michael Trout. Yeah, that would be that be that be weird. Like to do that, like. Like, who's your favorite picture? I like Gregory Maddox. Like, <laughs> what? Who the hell's Gregory Maddox? Oh, oh. Greg Thomas Matt, Thomas okay. Glavin. <laughs> Calvin Ripken. <laughs> <laughs> Junior, of course. The, the Esquire. I, I, I'm trying to think of any, and now I'm just dead lost. Yeah, I think, uh, Mr. Kittle, you're not listening to this, but if you are, you just gained a follower. Yeah, three of them. Yeah. I, I'm in. Yeah, let's make it happen. So he looks uh, like he makes a mean T-bone steak. He does. We should probably message him and see if he wants to come on the show. And if he's laying waffle up, he probably lives in the general vicinity of a waffle house. So I think that he is in my area. So, I said Chicago. Ah, uh, never mind. All right, waffle up. I got to figure that out. Well, uh, Dan, I this, yeah, this uh, this has taken an, a fant- fascinating turn, but um, I I think that's probably uh, unless we have unless something has happened. Like I'm checking the feed just to make sure nothing has the world has not disintegrated since our conversation. It, it, it's possible because you know everything you you we there are a lot of things that would look really weird if you saw them uh, say last November. Like imagine after the season. Predicting, you know, in, in 2020, the National League will abandon pictures hitting and adopt a designated hitter because of a global pandemic. Like, what? What? Why does, how does one lead to the other? <laughs> and, right? Go, it, let's even go like five years back, right? Be like, auto intentional walks, 60 game seasons. I mean, uh, runner on second to start extra innings. So, I mean, Seven game double oh, header. Hey, yeah, double header. That's what like, I wanted to ask. When do we get? Are we getting robo? Are we getting robo umps? You guys, think I, I was kind of hoping we would. That would have been like the like the silver lining in this. Like we get rid of the umps, but we can, haven't. Can we I make a special that. request? If I we get robo umps, I only want Angel Hernandez and uh, Joe West to call. Like to be the umpire that makes the gesture, you know what I mean? The hollow gesture. Like they have the Atlantic League, they just have that guy behind home plate that just makes the gesture. <laughs> I, I, I just, I want them to see it. I want them to see it. It's almost like being like having to go to driving school after you've had so many accidents, and then, but you're you're being taught by a machine to do it. You know what I mean? Like an automatic driver. 
um, yeah, that's my only request with that. I think if you're going to get robot umps, you actually build robot umps and you stick them in, right? You just go all in. Yeah, I I I I I, I like robot umps. I, I I think they'd be fun, and I think you need to like give them like weapons, like they have like in all those robot <laughs> battle shows that they had around the year two thousand. That's true. It's like you, you, you'll you'll reduce lip that way. Battlebots well, umpires edition. If if you want to know what's happening, by the way, on the on the on the social media, the Marlins are indeed in in what I can only deem as as may, maybe poor taste are flexing over their first place position in the in the NL East right now. Uh, I don't know if you can really celebrate about beating the Orioles. Yeah, no. I, I, but not only not only not only are you beating the Orioles to get there. But you 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 know why your winning percentage is that high, right? Like like we we yeah. Like, <laughs> it seems like a poorly timed flex on on their part, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, who 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 flexes when you've played what six seven games now? It's, yeah, it's a little weird. But hey, the Marlins have. I mean, that's a team that they played today, man. A doubleheader knocked them from being a winning team down to a losing team. I mean, this Marlins seems for real. It, it's. But yeah. I mean, you, but I mean. <laughs> Look at it this way. They scored three runs <laughs> against the Orioles in two games. Slightly shortened games. Yeah. Uh, but you only scored three runs against the Orioles. Oh, I mean, wait. Is, like, Dan Straley could do that in an inning. It's official now. Nightingale tweeted it. It's official now. There, it, it's it's over. It, it, it's five. Marlins are five and one. We're, it's over now. We're we, you know pack it up. <laughs> if Nightingale tweeted it, you got to wait for somebody else to come out and, <laughs> and make sure it's good. Somebody somebody's oh, gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. Fa- I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm gonna fact check him one day. It'll be great. Um, all right. Well, Oof. all right. This is official. I, I like Bob. Bob's a, Bob's a good guy. He just tends to believe the. Last thing he's told by anyone. <laughs> That's true, and, and I should I should be totally clear. I have I have I have um, I, I've not gone the venomous route or anything with Nightingale. Yeah, he's just a guy trying to do his job. Don't get me wrong. I I don't envy his position, but but I do agree. He does kind of seem like he's at the end of. He's the only guy with a cell phone and a game of in a game of like whisper down the lane, and he's he's the <laughs> last one in the row. Yeah, but I mean that's that's what you kind of hope to be as a sports writer because eventually you will become no matter how good you are, you will become kind of like an arch, arch, archaic thing because sports writers don't really retire. They, they, they announce their retirement, but never really go away. Right. They keep writing for someone until they're like 95 and bitter about everything. I think of, <laughs> I think of Furman Bisher who still had issues about world war two, uh, <laughs> things like that. I, 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 I hope that, that at 80 I'm, I'm healthy I'm happy and I'm terrible. <laughs> All of it's those like things. Dream. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right. Well, well, so, so do you have anything you want to pitch before we go, Dan? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, obviously the usual is, is visit Fangraphs. Uh, and if you like our work, maybe consider supporting us with a membership. But other than that, I, I, I think we're, we're pretty good to go. All yeah, right. def- definitely get out there and support Fangraphs, especially in this tough time, right? It was a long off yeah. season. It's going to be another yeah. long off season this year too so yeah one of the downsides of having a model uh that involves uh traffic rather than subscriptions is that when things go south Mm -hmm. you're kind of it's a it becomes really difficult it's it's, it's a fascinating 
it's a fascinating roster of writers on Fangraphs. You have you have every you know the 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 quirky, the the grumpy, the 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 humorous, the the poetic. It's it's a it's a fantastic group of writers, and so. Well, I you thank should, you for saying that. You should you should yeah, support. I, I like was, I, I like our guys. Whoa, whoa, Sam Borsch. I, I was I was I was talking about Rally. I, oh, I, oh. I, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Fangrass is a great place, man. Yeah, great writers. Yeah, and uh, great information that is so open to so many people. There's, it's, it's almost like unlimited access. So, well worth supporting. Yes, yes. Th- Dan, you are a you are a gentleman and a scholar, sir. And I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on the show and and, uh, and just sitting and hanging out with us for a bit. Well, thanks for having me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for coming back, Dan. <laughs>